Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Beyond the Album Cover with Jarrell Mason, where we get inside the entertainment industry with those in the know and give them their flowers while they're here to be celebrated. With me right now, I have a man who is a man that's been a man of music. We're going to get into his journey, playing the keys or whatnot in the church, how he hooked up with my man. Shout out to Derek the Great. You know the last yes, name. You know who I'm talking about. No need to go into that. But all that and more. And then some with Mr. Kev Cooper. Kev, welcome to Beyond the Album Cover, my brother. Man, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me, Jarrell. Thank you for having me. So I'm so happy, bro. Not a problem. Thank I appreciate you taking the time out to do this interview on the podcast. Yes, sir. Hey, it's, it's hot. It's lit. Your podcast is lit. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Man, I appreciate you wholeheartedly. So before we delve into your journey, I want to go into first, how did you and Derek the Great ended up connecting, becoming uh, close friends? Oh, man. Derek, we talking about 25 years plus. Like, he's he's been a great influence. When I moved down, one day I was in... um. I moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina. And you know, when you, you're a PK, I'm a PK. So it's like, I have to find a church where every city I go to, you know what I'm saying? I have to find somewhere I have to go worship. So Derek, the, Derek's church, his father's church, um, Christ Gospel, it was, Derek's father's church was right around the corner from where I was living on Tom Hunter Road. So I said, let me go on over there, not knowing anything about who they were or anything. Um, got it, got to the church and right there from there, they embraced me. And when I met him, he found that I was a musician. Um, it was a plus, it was a plus working with his dad, you know, backup playing, you know, um, with his dad on the drums. Um, if he needed, if he needed whatever, you know, that it was a great experience. And when, when I met Derek, it was like, it just clicked. Not knowing, I, honestly, I did not know who they were, you know what I'm saying? Like it that's how I felt when I, I I went when I got down there to his to Charlotte. I wanted somewhere where people didn't know my parents, you know, because people treat you, they expect you to live uh, or up to a certain standard, you know, when they know your parents. It's like you make a mistake, they're on the phone with your parents, quick. And I'm like, God, you know, and I had to find somewhere that didn't know uh my parents and that was that church. And they treated me like family. They treated me like family. Mm -hmm. So you know all about that, getting that last minute call. So-and-so can't make it. Can you play this tent revival and be yeah. a little less than two hours? We'll pay you at least $100 and we'll put you in the envelope and make sure that you get fed. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man. I have so many. Them stories, bro. I got like a million. I got countless of them stories. That's crazy. Last minute, last minute, last minute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with your music plan, was it more traditional training or by ear? It was by ear. Everything I've done was by ear. When um with with my last name, Cooper, my grandfather, Albert Willie Cooper, Willie Albert Cooper, he um he died in the 80s. Um, but he could play every instrument. This is my mother's father. He could play every instrument known to man, even the xylophone and the cello, you know, and he did all of that by ear. He picked it up, played, I mean, every instrument to every note, every key, 
everything. That Albert Willie Cooper. And we picked that up. Like I had my cousins, brothers, sister, they we all picked it up. Like we all played, not one of us played every instrument, but we all played each instrument different. Like um my cousin Danelle, he plays the guitar, the bass, some of the keys, and the drums. And I have a cousin named Avery who plays the same thing. Me, I don't dabble with the guitar and the bass, but the drums and the keys, you know? And then I have singers, you know? And, and it happened because of my grandfather, you know? And in each, each generation of Coopers has come them same musicians. And um, a lot of people have asked me, why did I, you know, go away from traditional church with the Coopers and it is and I haven't you know but it's just I believe that we have a lot to offer um the world as far as music we have a lot to offer I mean in every genre we play every genre you know and to box us in to just one genre would not be fair to my last name. Mm. Yeah, because I can see how with the intermeshing of the sanctified and the secular, and you're looking at acts like the late Andre Crouch, James yes. Cleveland, Rance yes. Allen, the Rance Allen yes. Project, the Clark Sisters Commission, takes yes. it go on and on, Kurt Franklin, and about how they were yes. to say, let's reach the people where they are, take a little bit of R&B melody and vocals, but we're talking about God and just meeting them where they are because I'm going to be honest with you, I got on commission late, but once I got onto commission, I could see <laughs> how easily groups like Jodeci, Boys to Men, Shy, Silk were easily. Yes, yes, definitely. Commission, I, I believe commission has influenced a lot of R&B groups. I, I, you, People can't tell me they haven't. They, they, people. Some people will not admit it, but believe me, you as a PK, I can hear that sound, and I'm like, wow, I heard that chord in the commission joint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really believe commission has influenced even the Clark sisters, influenced a lot of R&B, a lot of R&B singers. They really have. Mm -hmm, because if we look at recently the verses that was just had with SWV and Escape and Escape on their debut album cover is my living in vain by the Clutch. Yes, yes, it they you could man and especially in certain listen in certain R&B acts you can tell they came from church. You can't teach that, and there is there is certain I don't care how much artist artist development you get how much you uh, you put into them, how much vocal training you can send them to the best ones that have the anointing, that has that in their throat. And if you don't have that, you can't teach that. You know, like a Coco, you can't teach that. that controlling that type of feeling and that type of, to anybody. If you was born with that, you were born with that. Right. We could go down the line, Johnny Gill, Casey, what? 
Aaron what? Hall. What? Pretty much Brother. anybody that's been in the R&B game has had roots in yes. the church. Yes. You can tell. You know, I, I've watched a lot of them, like award shows. I watch them. And then I watch a lot that go to, like, say, a, a Leandra Johnson concert. And some, when an, it's something when a R&B singer who has that in them has, you pass them the mic. It's something about that setting breaks down everything. Like, you can see they're broken. They get you. You run to what you know. That is what you know. You know, no matter how many oohs and ahs you're know saying, and how many women and men chasing after you, it's something when you get in that setting and that mic and you're singing, man. R&B singing breaks down every time. I done sing Coco Tank. All of them break down. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Foxx, too. I mean, sing, can, can play key. Boy, boy is bad. That is the most underrated singer, male singer ever. His, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, infatuation. Oh, Infa- I'll, I'll peep this? Slept on. What? His was very slept on. That Jamie Foxx killed. His first album was so... Raw infatuation was a monster. To me, it was a monster. Influenced me. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the people that you have said has influenced the way I write and the way I, I arrange my music. Like mm-hmm. a lot of right. So would you say there's a difference when you had that church training, but you go into RB? where the training and the vocal techniques are a little bit different and how do you tone the church down in order to make it palatable to an R&B mainstream audience? That's the, it's hard, but it's it's always, it's, it's doable. Like it has been done. Um, what I had to do with my artists and myself um, when I got in the booth, <laughs> you know, us, when we in church, we hit it. Like we hit it, they teach us hit that song, you know. And as far as R&B, most of, 85% of the time you have to pull it back. You have to pull it back. You can't put all that on a uh, on an album unless, you know, you have a, woo, oh, I, I would love a Jennifer Hudson. If you have a Jennifer Hudson or remember that, 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 how that Beyonce, she came out with that, uh, maybe it's you. That type of song, you could put all of that on, but uh, please don't go. Like a tank, you can't do that. So it's hard, but it's it's always doable. You know, it's just, you got to put your emotions and it's, it's, it was hard for me. You know, I had to do like five or six takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I had to do five or six takes on my, um, on my single because of that Mm, so it's definitely a learning curve because you're going towards two solely different target demos where in the church it's about that anointing but in the r&b realm it's about the conviction you're trying to sell the song but not oversell not overselling you can't (laughs) you just can't it'd be it'd just be too much right right but i i but i have caught some 
are caught. Some has that David Hollister. He caught. He caught it. He he did it. He he captured that all in that girl. I've got to go. Uh, I can't stay. That song you can hear, and even with uh Tank, uh slowly caught it. You you can hear that. You can hear it come right out of him. You heard it. I'm like, whoa. Like uh, if you don't listen to the words and you can really just groove on the melody and you just groove and you're you're here the church boy in tank. Mm. You hear the church boy all in it. Right. And then we also we gotta pay homage to the legendary Reverend Shirley Caesar from oh. the Bull City. So can we talk about the impact of Reverend Shirley Caesar going from her solo stuff even back to her stuff with the caravans with the late Albertina Walker? Man, you talk about Shirley Caesar, who is the uh, innovator, like changed the game for a lot of people. You know, you know, a lot of people have put up that greens, potatoes, ham, you know, that little, you know, the little joke thing that they got, the little meme. But mm. that thing, even though it was a meme, that kept Shirley Caesar on a lot of people's lips. And that is, that was so, that was the best free publicity that you could ever get that mean for Shirley Caesar but she and was she at Durham yep Bull City awesome when I say that woman can preach I went to her church my friend John Howard Jr. preached for the the woman is a my and she'll give you a chance and humble I have met some juggernauts, and I don't want to call anybody name. I have, I will, but I've met some juggernauts in the gospel world, and some of them you could not imagine, you couldn't even believe someone was saved. You know what I'm saying? But Shirley Caesar took her time and spoke to people. You can't even get on the elevator with some people. You can't speak to some folk. You. Man, I had it, but Shirley Caesar has been a very influential person as far as music, the word, excellence, and how people should treat you and longevity. I don't care what genre of music you're in. If you look at how Shirley Caesar's career is, that's longevity. And she's not just singing no charge. You know how some people catch a song and they sing it over and over and over and that's their song. You can't do that with Shirley Caesar because she has multiple, like you have Dolly Parton that sings nine to five. That's, you can know that's Dolly Parton. Now Dolly Parton will ride that nine to five until whenever, because that was a hit. You can't do that with Shirley Caesar. Shirley Caesar has... Hey, let's have let's, let's, look how big it gets of hits. You can go back before I was born with some hits with Shirley Caesar until today. Hits with Shirley Caesar. Right. And another group that I feel they get credit, but they don't really get talked about enough for the impact of interwoven messages of faith with the RB group, the Staple Singers. Pop staples? What? Man, you talk. 
man, sit up there with a guitar and play with his family, man. Yeah, they, I believe they influenced a whole lot of rock and roll. That uh, There's been a lot of people that, you know, people aren't going to say where they got this stuff from. A lot of people won't reveal, you know, what really influenced them. And I, I know some people back in the day, they have to say the staples in there. And that would be crazy for them not to. You can even see in some of the way they act. They, you know what I mean? Back in the day, they was moving like the staple singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, staple singles, legends, legends, legends. Now, I want to fast forward a little bit. We had mentioned uh, Derek the Great and mm-hmm. his dad, um, Reverend mm-hmm. Donald the Great the late Reverend mm-hmm. Donald DeGrace. Yes. And of Donald course, you, of course you know Donald DeGrace Sr., excuse me. And you know yes, the sir. brothers Dalvin and Devontae hooked up with <laughs> Casey and JoJo, the former little yes, called Jodeci. Yeah. So what was it yeah. like seeing their rise and their influence on R&B and how mm. their look and sound pretty much changed the landscape of R&B. And right. I'm going to say this, Devontae Swain, Bad, bad, bad man. Let me let me tell you something about Devontae. I let me tell you something. I made <laughs> you're gonna laugh, and whoever hears this, not gonna believe me, but Derek and Devontae will back it up. I made the hugest mistake in my life. Huge, huge back in the day. That I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I really wasn't. Um, before he made Basement Crew, Swing Mob, all that. Like, like they all was there. Like, Missy Elliott, Timberland, Magoo, Genuine, all, um, Andre Harrell. All before, like, when Jodeci came home for the picnic, they came home for their, 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 their show at home in Charlotte, and it was home, and, and I was playing at church. I, I, I know... I'm not gonna say it, but I'm pretty sure Derek has something to do with him asking me. I made the huge Devontae asked him. He walked up to me at the picnic. Andre Harrell was like over this way. And he sat there. He walked up to me and he asked me. He said, You wanna sing for me? I said no. Who says that? Listen, listen, listen to me. If anybody listens to this, to, to this particular part of this interview, if you have a a person who is at their peak, not they haven't even reached their peak, but is a very that's in the game, and they ask you, jump at that chance. I didn't work. The world is round, but some people don't get second chances like I'm getting right now, and. He asked me, now, the reason I said no, I never, I didn't know. I I didn't know he was going to ask me. I told you, Derek was my friend. His father just treat me like, treat me just like one of them, one of the family. And it wasn't no trying to get to them to get to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It wasn't nothing that. I I was um, seeing the God sister a friend. And, um, like a night before, two nights, like my word has always been my word. Like I don't break my word for nobody. Like I, 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 I can pride myself on that's my word. 
You know, if I give you my word, I'm going to do everything in my power possible to make that happen. Or I'm, if I say I'm not going to do something, I'm giving you my word is my word. I'm a man. And I believe you should have some type of integrity about your word. So, and that's my bond. So she asked me, she said, um, and it's horrible, but she said, um, promise me that if Devante asks you to sing, you say no. You know, I, I'm not thinking I can sing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm, I have, that's like in, in, in one ear and out the other one. And when she said it, I'm like, what you mean? She was like, I'm like, he going to ask me something like that? She was like, nah, I'm just saying. If he asks you, just promise me you say no. That's the reason I said no, because of my work. Now, let's jump back again. If this thing repeated itself, if I could go back in the time machine <laughs> at that at that particular moment, at that moment again, I would say yes so quick because of the doors and the generations that came behind me, my family. I I it would be easier to put them on. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm doing this. You know, this, it has nothing. I, I want, I'm like, I had cried on my wife's bosom. I cried on her chest that like months ago before I even started this, before I, I made up my mind to make a company, to make a label, to be an artist, to get artists, to bring my family. I cried on my, I had like that, I relived that conversation with Devante. And I cried like a baby. I cried like a baby because I, I have buried a couple of my family members who has had this gift. And I'm like, wow, I have another family member that's in the ground that, that's dying with this gift. And nobody in the world really heard it. Nobody had heard what we could give the world. And, and my wife, let me tell you what she did. She, she knew, like, you know, I was playing for a few churches and, you know, I was singing for a few churches. My wife, out of nowhere, uh, you know, I, I see UPS <laughs> pulling up at my house and I have a studio. She ordered me my first studio, like laptop, speakers, uh, V49, uh, Alexis, keyboard, um, program softwares all types of thing. And then it was like, here, now you got to learn how to do it. <laughs> you know, but that Devante, if honest to God, and, and I, like I said, I didn't know, but when I knew, I knew, you know what I'm saying? That didn't change anything between how I felt about Derek, how I felt about Pastor Reverend the Great, how I felt about their family, how I, it didn't change. Like once I saw that it was Dalvin and Devante. Okay, it was Dalvin and Devante. And, but when, if I could do it all over again, and that man asked me, of course, I would be a fool. I was, I, I wasn't a fool to say no. I, I was a man of integrity and a man of my word. I know people say you were stupid. I don't feel as though, I, I feel as though I, that was a dumb move, but I believe God 
honored that. And I believe he's kept, like, I don't look like I'm going on 47. I'll be 48. I'll be 48. And, you know, and I don't, I, he's kept me, you know, and he's kept me for what he was keeping me for. And I believe that he honored that. And he's given me another chance at music. Mm -hmm. I called, Eric was with me. Mm -hmm. Everything happens in due time, in his time, not in our time, but in his time. You better say it. I believe I would have OD'd. I think I would have lost my life if I would have said yes back then. Mm. Now let's take it up to the 313 for a minute. And we kind of mentioned hey. earlier commission, Clark sisters, but what is it about Detroit and how you had all those pillars of contemporary gospel R&B out of the area? You got Aretha Franklin, commission, the Winans, Jay Moss. The list goes on and on of all the great stuff from the D. Detroit, it, it, Detroit has, is, is Dedrick from Detroit? That I'm not sure. Okay, Detroit has given some, inf you know that's funny? That's funny that you're speaking about Detroit. My biological father's in Detroit. Mm. I have and sisters in Detroit. I lived in Detroit when I was nine years old and I've, moved back from Detroit when I was 11. So I stayed there for two years. I wonder what would have happened if I would have stayed, you know, but the Winans, the Clark sisters, and Commission alone, bruh, that right there messed up. They, they can mess up any, you take all three and you can hear all three in many different types, many genres of music. Commission alone, commission, man, you don't understand the things commission has done. I mean, I know you do, but people don't understand that you got a whole, you got writers, but they could have went anyway, any, any way and made it in music, but their influence in gospel, bruh, commission, man, it, I would love a commission reunion album. You know what I'm saying? Not a, just a single, a whole album. And a tour too, once everything. A tour too, because I'm going. I don't have to perform. I don't. I just want to go and look and listen. Could you imagine the new sounds from a commission in 2021, 2022? Lord have mercy. I know, but let me say this before you continue, though. Um, when I had interviewed Mitchell Jones and told him about how all of the 90s R&B groups in, were influenced by them, he was like, man, we didn't realize we had that much influence in R&B. Because if you listen to Mitchell's voice and listen to Sean Stockman's voice from Voice to Me. Oh, God. Dead say ringer. that. Dead ringer. Yes. Say that. I'm, you can hear it. What? That man is... Mm -mm. They could have went, I'm glad they chose gospel. I, I really am. I, I, because that, that solidified them. That, that, that separated them. But Lord, you can hear the homage from other people with commission. Because mm, if you listen to I'm Still Waiting on Forever My Lady, KC saying what? my arms are open wide, that's from running. My arms are open wide. Same thing. Yeah, you 
You listen to music, don't you, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Yes, sir. I grew up listening to radio, watching video, Soul, Soul Train, studying Jed and Ebony, you know, because I remember when Forever My Lady dropped, I was like around six at the time. Uh-huh. And just seeing how, for the first time, musically, for me, seeing guys from North Carolina make it, and was like, man. I, I, st- I stayed his own musically and then to see everybody that's came, you know, after them, like your Sunshine Andersons, your Anthony Hamilton's little brother, Rhapsody, J. Cole, go get the off-season dope record. And just how North Carolina saying, hey, we're known for more than just NASCAR, Pepsi, and Michael Jordan. Yes, sir. Yes. Listen, my wife, that's what my wife said when I was doing the, the music. She said, baby, you caught, that's where lightning hit you at in Charlotte. She said, go back to Charlotte. Don't go back up north. She said, go to Charlotte. That's where you're going. She ain't been wrong yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so can we talk about the impact of Teddy Riley and how he was able to blend R&B, hip-hop, gospel, different genres, and created new jack swing which set the stage mm. for later what was to come with hip-hop soul and diddy and how without teddy i don't think we would have that meshing of the different dramas although we got to give acknowledgement to full force because they were doing that as an early precursor before yes, sir. teddy really jumped it off yes sir now teddy riley i teddy riley is the to me is the blueprint like He's to me, and and I don't want anybody to feel disrespected because that's not what I get into music. You know, you can't get into music to be disrespectful. Music is is a, a, a com- combination of a bunch of different things to flow together. And Teddy Riley, he is the blueprint of producers for me. And what he, what God. When I heard, let me tell you something. I remember I was in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I was, I was in, I broke something because I, I remember my mom, my mom um saying something to me because I was so lost in Groove Me. When I heard Groove Me, when I heard that beat, when I heard Aaron Hall hit that thing. And then when I heard the vamp of it, I was struck. I was, I said, that's how music's supposed to sound. You know, Teddy Riley, and when he did it again, listen, listen, when you have a sound and you have a brand that can't be mimicked, when you take it away for a while, and then when you bring it back, they embrace you so quick because you couldn't mimic a Teddy Riley sound. If you mimic the Teddy Riley, Teddy Riley sound, the world will let you know about it quick. Back then, we was raw. So we'll let you know, nah, man, that's Teddy Riley. You sound like Teddy Riley. Get about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? But Teddy, when he came back and did it with Black Street, when he did it with, uh, 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 what was it? Um, Rump shaker. When he did, man, listen, you you talk about he did it with Guy. He came in with the rap with the rump shaker. 
And then he came in with Blackstreet. And each one of them groups were successful. Mm -hmm. He didn't, didn't fail. No. He didn't fail at that. Not one. He didn't fail. Not one time. That's Teddy Riley. When I, back to grooving. When I, I know I miss you. And I know, I, I, what's the other one that he had? Uh, 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 um, Peace of my love. Mm -hmm. My God. Listen to me. When Teddy Riley came out with that right there, he changed the game. You, he got out of, listen, he made you accountable. You had to go back to the lab and had to come out with something hot. Teddy, Teddy Riley made a lot of producers and a lot of singers. And Guy and Teddy, they made a lot of people accountable. You could not come out with no junk, man. You couldn't come out with just anything and thinking you're going to get played behind. Could you imagine coming out with some junk and happen to get on the air, the radio, and you had a Teddy Riley joint before yours and then a Teddy Riley joint after yours? And you got some between that? Nah, you can't. You can't come out with no mess messing with Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley was, was a, is, is, is the blueprint for, for producing. And also, too, he probably would not have discovered Virginia Beach, and we may not have known all the talent that was in the Tidewater Water 757 area. Neptune, yes, Rail, Shad, Shane, Mike, everything that came out of the Hampton Roads. Yes, Teddy Riley had 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 a big influence on all of that. That man, a lot of the people came out because of Teddy Riley, you know, and and you know, I. I I hear a lot of people saying what they say, you know, talk, they try to talk about, I'm like, y'all crazy. Y'all, that's like talking about Spike Lee. Is you crazy? Stay in your lane, man. I tell a lot of people, stay in your lane, man. Get in the lane, find it, and ride it. Because Teddy Riley's in his lane. Like, you might get ran over for trying to be in that man's lane. Leave that man alone. That's Teddy Riley. Right. And being out outside of Charlotte, and of course, further down 85, we got a-Town, a.k.a. Atlanta. So can we just talk about that influence and how, had it not been for L.A. and Babyface, moving down to Atlanta, we would not have the Atlanta movement, which also parlayed in the so-so death and everything that came out after, you know, with T.I., Ludacris. We could go down list of all the acts that came out of Atlanta. Atlanta had, has had a run that was not seen by the music industry. They did not see that coming from Atlanta. Like, you know, when, when you had Ellen and Babyface, when you, when you, when you had like Atlanta, you wouldn't have thought that Atlanta was going to be like that. Okay. If you move from, you going anywhere, you would either go to New York or you would go to LA. That's it. Nobody ever thought that Atlanta would be in that conversation. You could go to Atlanta now and run a multi-million dollar record label out of Atlanta without moving to LA or New York. Mm -hmm. That itself says enough about Atlanta. 
Right. That scene has brought so so death, jagged edge. What they have brought some music that can't be changed, can't be erased, and will never be forgotten. Atlanta. Nope. And a group that I want to say that were out on the face that was highly slept on, album was slept on, Highland Place Mobsters. My man, look, there's a few people, there's a few people that I have I've listened to, few people I haven't, few people I heard about, they've been slept on for the longest of time. Like there's a lot of people, but but you know what? The thing is, but you can. If you if you like say if you heard um just say if you heard uh say a goody mob or uh, say if you heard a West Coast Connection let's say that you heard a West Coast Connection they would get outshined by them because airplay and people sleeping on them if they didn't sleep on them they would, they, they would probably enjoy more music than they they had. Mm-hmm. Right, and one of the precursors to come out of Atlanta before the face and everything was the SOS band, and they were signed to Taboo. Did work with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and I'm also going to give you the North Carolina connection. And he just recently got inducted into the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. North Carolina native out of Climax, North Carolina, the Black Godfather himself, Mr. Clarence Avon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now look. You said, <laughs> now, now, hold up. What The first thing you said when that statement was what? Say it again. The precursor to LaFace and everything else that came out of Atlanta, the SOS band came out of Atlanta. That, right there. That was enough right there. S-O-S band. Did you hear what you said? <laughs> Listen, that band has been in is you see how the sweat coming off me now. You talking about SOS? Listen here, bruh. That band is still an influence in my music right now. Right now. Look right now. I'm working on something. And it and it's from the SOS. It's not what everybody thinks. It's from a, they are still my, they're still in my top five SOS band. Still in my top five, have not moved from their position in my life, SOS band. Mm -hmm. And then for some of you that do not know the band Brick, one of the members of Organized Noah, Sleepy Brown, his dad, lead singer of Brick. Sleepy Brown is a goon. I didn't know that. I didn't know his father was the lead singer of Brick. Mm -hmm. where he get it from. Sleepy Brown's a goon. You hear his name? You're sleeping on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's he smooth with it. Sleepy Brown is a goon. Right. Hey. Organized Noise was, was none to play with. All that classic work that came out of the dungeon, Outcast, Southern Playlist, Cadillac Music, Goody Mob, Cell Therapy. I mean, it literally, they it came out the mud, out that red, Georgia red clay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right out there, they, it came out the mud. They they got that out the mud, man. They they worked that. They worked that. They they made you respect them. They made that you had if you didn't respect them, it was, 
you was that you was you was deemed as you know how they say hate back in the day it was called player hating. Mm-hmm. You was deemed as a player hater. <laughs> you could come on, man. Come on, right? You, have to give Nick Duke. You had yeah, to. Yeah, the South got something to say. What Andre 3000 said at that source awards, because you got to remember at the time it was either you were bumping what was coming out of New York or coming out of uh-huh. LA, out of Death Valley. And the South uh-huh. was looked at as okay, you got what was coming out of Memphis with Three Six Mafia, Eight Ball, uh-huh. Miami with Uncle Luke, Two Live Crew, and everything out of there in Houston. Uh-huh. Scarface, Ghetto Boys, everything that was coming out of rap a lot with uh, Jay Prince and then also UGK, Rest in Peace, Pimp C, and how the South was always looked at as lower tier to what was coming out of New York and LA. And I don't know why. I, that that always that bugged me out. That really bugged me out. I I, I argue. I don't. I, I argue. I, yeah, I had a little. I literally had an argument with somebody and told them about. I, I like was really getting into about outcast like what i'm like do you do you hear what outcast did did you hear what andre did you hear what he did like when the, hey y'all is a classic that man changed the game them outcast the south to me, embraced more of that South. When you heard, I remember when I heard David Banner for the first time. From Mississippi? Bruh, I rewound David Banner five times because that beat grabbed me. It grabbed me from the beginning. And then when Homeboy came out, young David came out spitting. I, I couldn't believe it. But then when you talk about down south, but I I I used to live in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I was I was I was home of South Carolina State, and then you of course you know about the Orangeburg massacre. Yes, sir. Um I was there with my godfather, right? Bishop Ronald Brown. He's the biological father of Mario Wyman, right? And I was there. And he, and I met some rappers, bruh. This was before, I'm talking, I was listening to Down South rap and Down South flow before it really caught on. And when I'm saying, I'm like, yo, Y'all late. Y'all been late. Them boys down south give it they all. And the why would you be from down south trying to sound like California and New York? You have to make it your own. Yep. And I'm proud of them. You I'm be pr- you, because I didn't know this until the Art of Organized Noise documentary that Diddy directed the video for Players Ball and how he told Andre 3000, rep where you from, wear your Atlanta Braves jersey, be you, don't try to be like New York, be Atlanta. Don't, don't. I'm, I'm from New Jersey, and I never tried to be like I'm from New York. You know, I'm from, I was born in Lakewood, New Jersey, and I was raised in between Atlantic City, Newark, all that, all up and down, and in New Jersey, but I, I was I was always proud to be from the New Jersey Devil State, the Garden State. I was happy, and I'll always be happy 
to be from New Jersey. And I always tell everybody, I don't care where you from, be happy where you from because you're putting your place on where you're from. You know, like Lakewood, New Jersey, I, I have, there's some stars that came that, that, that's in Lakewood and they haven't been discovered, some of them. Some of them had their chance, like my friend. Uh, he was with Biv 10, Khalid Brock. He from Lakewood, New Jersey, grew up with the guy, grew up great. His name is Mr. Voice on Facebook. He, I mean, um, on Instagram. He is a goon and one of the most humblest guys that you ever, ever, ever would know, ever would know. Like Lakewood, I, and I'm ha and I tell anybody, I'm from Jersey. I'm from Lakewood. I'm not from New York. You can hear it in my voice. I mean, if you're from Jersey, you can hear the difference between Jersey and New York right. <laughs> and Boston. But people, you know, they think we sound alike. Right. So speaking of Jersey, do you feel that all of the rappers that came out of Jersey got overshadowed by everybody that was across the bridge in New York, like your nah, Queen Latifah, nah. Naughty, Lords of the Underground, Red Man, Apache, that whole crew? Like Jersey, no, no. Feel like they 45. Listen, the flavor unit, Mark and the 45 King, Mark the 45 King, the flavor unit out of Newark, New Jersey. None. They overshadowed a lot of people in New York. <laughs> Let's just keep it 100. You had a lot of them, like Joe Flip Wilson from Newark, Faith Evans, you know what I'm saying? Natalie Wilson. Uh, you have a lot of them jokers from Newark, Susu Bobian from Newark, all these jokers from Newark. Nah. Mm -mm. They didn't get overshadowed by New York. New York, it, New York is more lights, camera, action. You know what I'm saying? New York, and, and don't get me wrong. You want to make it. You make it in New York, you can make it everywhere. You know what I'm saying? But nah, New Jersey, they did their thing. Red Man, when he, when he met up with Method Man, look what happened. He made, made Method Man even bigger. You know what I'm saying? And look, I mean, you have a lot of New Jersey natives from Newark, from the tip of it, from Kearney, you got from Newark, Jersey City, all the way down to Atlantic City, Wildwood, all the way down to that area mm -hmm. that had given music, given their do, given their part to music. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like you got Atlantic City, you got the Jerkins. Come on, Dark Child. You, they have given a part. You know what I'm saying? You you got up north, you got a whole lot. I, I, it's too many labels to count up north. Them boys doing it in Newark. They're doing it in Lakewood. They're doing it. The problem is the chance. It's the chance. Somebody sticking their arm out, sticking their neck out, or sticking their hand out, reaching back, getting you, and giving you a chance. Mm -hmm. that's right. the, the opportunity because mm -hmm, we can go down the list of more acts that come from Jersey Regina Bell, Man. Bernard Bell Big Bub today Riff boy wait a minute Big Bub that today oh my god that man man that that they they a lot of people forgot about Freddie Gretchen a lot of people forgot about Big Bub a lot of people forgot that boy influenced a lot of singers. Big Bub and today. Yeah, you got Fuji's. 
Mm-hmm. Fuji's enough. Lauren Hill. I'm. Man, New Jersey has given a lot to the music. Yeah, and it seems like it came came from New York. But if you read the link, how they say the link is in the bio. (laughs) If you read the link in the bio, you'll find out they're from New Jersey. And New Jersey has given just as much as New York has given. Right, because when I listen to Big Bub vocally, I tell people this all the time. He's like Luther Vandross had he gone full-blown New Jack Swain. Yes, he, yes, yeah, yeah. Luke, Big Bob, boys, telling me stories. Now, listen here. That Joker, what had me listening to telling me stories, listening to the way he sang, trying to mimic, <laughs> trying to mimic the rips and his cadence and his breathing. Because, bruh, he was the smoothest dude. He still. Big Fred, that dude, oh my God, could sing. He can't sing still. That man is a, they forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Out, of, out of this world. And uh, we were talking about SOS band earlier and mentioned Jam and Lewis. Can you talk mm-hmm. about their influence and then also what was it like for you hearing for the first time New Edition's Heartbreak and how Jam and Lewis was able to make that transition for them from literally boys to men and made the transition of adding Johnny Gill into the group work. When I, I was a big, now look, I'm a big new, on the low, <laughs> I'm the biggest new edition fan probably in the world, man. <laughs> I'm an NE fan too. Yeah, man, look, man. When I saw them at the BET Awards going off, bro, listen here, I still watch that concert. And I, I, and my wife, I do all the moves. Like, I'm going to try to get on there on my birthday and try to show, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I listen to that, with SOS influence, but when we, you talking about New Edition, New Edition has been, I'm, me and my friends and Martin Luther King in Lakewood, New Jersey, when he was growing up, we shoveled. We shoveled some snow outside because New Edition came out with a with a um, song and we wanted to practice. Could you imagine kids being out there trying to be like the kids from Boston, New Edition trying to do their thing, you know? But when I heard the heartbreak, when I heard Johnny, now New Edition, I felt like it was just like me. You know what I'm saying? They listen. But when I heard Johnny Gill with them, Bruh, that was their missing piece. And when you heard Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis put a masterpiece together with when they went, oh, what was it? Boys to men. Oh, when Johnny Gill did that one run, you heard the difference from Mr. Telephone Man. You heard the difference from Candy Girl, Pop. You heard the difference from within growing up when they did it. You seen the reason why they put on them, what is that, velvet jackets and them hats and them, and they came out smoother than butter. That was Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. Mm-hmm. And then- it was from Adidas and BKs to shoes and 
slick pants and a nice velour jacket, man. Mm. Ooh, them boys, they ain't, Mm-mm. Bad, bad boys, and their influence can still be felt to this day. If it wasn't for New Edition, there wouldn't be New Kids on the Block, Backstreet nah. Boys, NSYNC, nope. 98 nope. Degrees, BTS. Nope. Pretty much any nope. pop R&B group in the past four nope. decades have been influenced by the six men of New Edition. Yes, and if they say they haven't, they lying. I'm, I'm, you can, listen, I hope they make a meme out of me. They're lying. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, new addition. They are, when you, if you're making a group, if you're a group and you say, oh, no, I don't know what new addition. You're crazy. Even today, you know who new addition is. Like, I, I, I don't care who you are. Even if you're doing something like a, a, a Bell Biv DeVoe, that's still new addition. You understand? Like, regardless, if you went off and did a, a by yourself Ralph or by yourself Johnny, that's still new addition. Listen to the sound. It still sounds new addition. Right. You know? Right. And if you were influenced by Boys to Men, you were influenced by New Addition. New Addition. You, if, if you, if you, man, listen, if you, if you have influenced any part of Boys to Men, it was New Addition. And ABC. No, you any one of them, uh, what was the rapper Breeze and, and Khalid Bift, New Edition, like New Edition started this, started this thing a long time ago. And they, they didn't have to, they didn't have to beg for it. Them boys knock, they didn't have to knock on the doors. They knocked down the doors. They kicked them doors down and made it easier for people like me, people like, people, people like me, period. I ain't even gonna say nobody else. People like me to make music. People like Cooper Family Music to make music. They made it easier, man. Right. And thinking about Bobby, how he was one of the first artists to really settle in Atlanta. He put together Boss Town Studios. That was the original studio. And then I believe that later became Stankonia Studios. Stankonia, yeah. Owned by Outkast. <laughs> That's the Atlanta connection. And then I'm going to tell you something else, too. I want to give props to Climax. Climax. I believe they're going to go into the Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame. And I just had Bernadette Cooper on the podcast. And I was telling her, since Jam and Lewis did a lot of early work with them, I asked her, I was mm-hmm. like, do you think that you guys were the template that they used for Janet in control? Yeah. Yeah. And yes. You What? You can, now that you said that. You know what I'm saying? When you said that, did you say Janet Jackson in control? Of course. Of, come on, man. Cl- Climax was a group, a female group of female musicians and singers and writers and producers and engineers and mixers. They didn't know the, the behind the scene that Climax had. They, they can run a, you had an engineer in Climax. You had a mixer master, all of that in Climax. You understand? Like, you didn't have to worry about, like, they, you couldn't just tell them anything. Mm-hmm. Now, you, if, yep, go they ahead. had an ear for everything. Now, if it wasn't for George Spinderella Irby, would what? they have Dallas Austin, Sammy, or Lloyd? Man, listen, you can't even, you, you, you can't even, like, you wouldn't have half the stuff. You wouldn't have 
a quarter of the stuff we listening to if it wasn't for them. A quarter. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them that much because of the because of the cadence, because of the rhythm, because of the influence, because of the feel. You can hear it in a lot of me. Like I heard what, what was I listening to the other day? And I said, wow, that's oh, that's that's some I forget who it was. And it, but it was a the beat was from when I was little. I'm like, wow, they still using this music. Like, wow, like they still sampling this music today, today. Mm, right. And want to go down south to New Orleans. One of the down south production duos that I'm glad they're finally getting there just do now. They just recently did an interview on the 85 South podcast with Carlos Miller, Chico Bean, DC Youngfly, talking about KLC, Don Juan, Moby Dick, Beats by the Power. Moby Dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 85. <laughs> Them boys crazy. I caught that at. Them boys crazy. Yeah, they, they, they're a fool. And also, we got to give props to Nick Cannon. Nick, listen here, man. Listen here, man. I don't know. I'm not going to even touch it, but Nick Cannon is a genius. Nick Cannon, you Nick Cannon keeps surprising people to this day. You know, they say, oh, his album didn't do all this. But he made an album. Remember that. Uh, oh, but y'all bought it. <laughs> this is what was crazy with me. Y'all bought Nick Cannon an album to tell Nick Cannon how bad he was. It was. But you bought the album. Get, get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, all good press, bad press. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it goes hand in hand. Nick Cannon, but, but they didn't know Nick Cannon could sing. Nick Cannon can play the piano. He ain't just a drummer boy. Nick Cannon is a musician, first of all. And after great, I like this music, movies. I like, listen, I don't care. I like I like a storyline. I don't care what nobody thinks. I like drum line. You know what I mean? I like it. I don't care. I, I like a storyline. You know what I mean? And while and out, Nick Cannon, salute to you, bro. Like, keep your head up. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep mm-hmm. doing what you're Get you all the support in the world, Nick. Yeah, cause, yeah, because I didn't find out about him playing the keys and singing until I heard him and Kiki Shear do that cover of Fred Hammond, No Weapon. But we didn't been knew about this, Nick. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, a few people knew about this, Nick. You know what I'm saying? Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon has an ear for music. Like if if Nick produced a, if Nick produced that album for somebody, it'd probably be a smash because he got an ear. Says he that has an ear, let him hear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. So can we talk about Beats by the Pound and how what they did for No Limit was unremarkable? The content that they were putting out, and I think no, I'm glad that the No Limit Chronicles came out to really highlight what they did. Master P, Mystical, Mia X, C Murder, Mac. Thing, all those ass out of no limit, what they did and how they changed hip hop. That's how I I'm running my my company. Master P has been is is an influence on me right now. How to brand your company as an independent and to brand yourself and to push, no matter what anybody tell you. You know what I mean? Master P put his family on. He took the ones that 
one. Now he probably have a whole bunch of other family members that you know can do music and all this other stuff. But he took the ones that was as hungry as he was and was not going to take no as an answer and made it happen. Beats by the pound. That that right there is it's still getting played bruh master p was a was before his time and i'm glad that they gave music what they gave music because there's a lot of master p songs that could be turned into r&b come on man i got the hookup Two, come on, man, come, come on, man, come, come on. Master P is a genius, and I, I'm gonna be the one to say that. And and I don't care who didn't say it. I don't ride nobody coattails. I ain't with all. That. I don't brown nose nobody. I'm a man. I stand on my own. You know what I'm saying? He he is a genius. He's a genius. He came from an independent. Listen to me. Independent. He and went to the mainstream, but he put his family on, made a lot of music, then made movies, then little TV shows, then little food. And he kept he keep his hand. He is a great businessman. And I know he just did something with a new product. Yeah, he's putting out his own ice cream, the for real Mr. Ice Cream Man. Come on, ice cream? Bruh, do you understand? Listen to me. Master P is a genius. He's a genius. If you want, if, if you want a blueprint of how to run your company, if you want a little blueprint, yeah, it's gonna be some struggle. It's gonna take some little, it's gonna take some money, but you know, social media now is a little easier, you know. But Master P is a goon. Right. How you run your he has a company that's compared to nobody. Right. And I didn't know about this until the No Limit Chronicles that he went out to the Bay first to go ahead and get his bearings before he went back to New Orleans. Now we know about the influence of the Bay Area, all of the great acts that came out of there, Sly and the Family Stone, Come Function, Sheila E., Tony, 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 Club Nouveau, Timex Social Club, Too Short, E-40, now G-E-Z, then we have uh, Souls of Mischief, hieroglyphics I'm a sapien but one man this one man who I'm glad now people are saying because of him rap is pop don't let them pants fool you because he can do this MC Hammer boy listen here I, I don't care who you what you said about Hammer Hammer if you can say oh Hammer ain't rap let me tell you something about MC Hammer they say Hammer can't rap. Why they sound like MC Hammer today? That I was me, me, like my wife is my best friend. You know what I mean? That's my business partner, my best friend. Me and my wife was sitting there talking, and we was listening to some of the flow today. Like I, because you know my wife is a little younger than me, so I took her back. You know what I'm saying? I took her back. I took her back to African fan fighter, and then I took her back to with, with Big Daddy Kane and Rock Cam, and I was and I stayed in that era. Right, run DMC, that ever, right? And I pushed play. And I let her listen to the flow. Then I pushed play to some of the rappers today. 
And she said, there's no difference. I said, I told you this world is round. That MC Hammer, you got people out here rapping, flowing like MC Hammer now. The same people that said he couldn't rap. Remember when MC Hammer came out, it, was a, it wasn't this commercial lights rap. MC Hammer made it lights and commercial and fun and stage presence. It was, he came out in a lyrical era. Came out when you had lyricists, you had third bass, you had Rock Kim, you had Polo, you had uh uh what's Coogee Rap, you had Master Ace, you had that movement coming up. What were you doing coming out with this Run DMC flow like this, man? At this time, but it stayed. Mm-hmm. It's MC Hammer. MC Hammer is very influential today. And, and MC Hammer teach you what not to do too. Right. And then we're going to go a little bit further south to LA and talk about the, the influence of Dr. Dre, Snoop, and Death Row. How when The Chronic came out next year, The Chronic would be 30. How Good. that album changed pop forever. That, that, that album, now you're talking about, you talking about Dr. Dre. You, you, you talking about, man, Dr. Dre, and I know, and I know movies don't tell it all, you know what I'm saying? And, and it, it don't tell it all. Just to go through what he went through in the movie from what I know, and then from, from the books I've read and interviews I've heard. Um, he is a, he, he can influence a lot of folk if he told his story, you know what I'm saying? But he, as far as producing is if you if if you're one of them people that's still living in the past crazy dr dre is and always will be to me the sound of the west coast like that that's to me you know what i mean and somebody might rip me up and grab me by my car and be like no he ain't you know what i mean but dr dre to me he has been the sound of the West Coast since he came out with NWA. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has been like the blueprint of what you want to go after, how you want to lay your stuff down. Come on, man. This man has, look at his run, NWA, to be able now to a DJ, from a DJ to a producer. To a, a artist, owner, uh, he went from DJing to all the way making headphones. You understand the influence? Mm-hmm. That's business. This man knows, but but his sound, Snoop Dogg. They that's why I that, that, that's why I knew it. Snoop Dogg's flow. They still flowing like Snoop right now. Right now, they, they, that that sound, they flowing like them jokers right now. Right now. I don't care what type of beat they doing. They sound, Megan Thee Stallion, Baby, all them. They sound like them jokers from back in the day. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about they, they flow, because I love their music. You know what I'm saying? Their music is hot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But they sound like what I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I heard it. I heard it before. You know what I'm, I'm and, and I'm glad that they're doing the, the music and I'm glad that people getting behind them and pushing them the whole the, the way that they pushing them. 
but somebody did that before them. You know what I'm saying? And and it made it easier for them to do it now. Right. Because if you take a look at Dr. Dre and his influence, Snoop, Warren G, 50, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, the game, all of them ties back to him. All of them tied back to Dre. Everybody. When Dre and them came out with the with, with the NWA, and even if they when they split, Ice Cube, remember, Ice Cube was NWA. Before he had West Coast connections and all that, and, and with uh Mac Dre and all that, he he was NWA. And when Ice Cube split, even though that sound, you still heard Dre in there, man. You can't mm-hmm. be around like me and my brother split. You 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 hear some of mine or some of him with me and some of him me with him because we've been together. I mean, you still hear Dre. You Dre is to me, Dre is Mr. West Coast. Mm-hmm. And easy discovered Bone Thugs and Harmony, but I also want to give props to some guys on the West that I feel don't get enough shine, enough recognition, but they should. Spice one. MC8, Compton Most Wanted, uh, King King T. Um, I want to go with LA Posse, DJ Battle Cat, and DJ Quick. Quick. Y'all, y'all gonna put some respect on DJ Quick's name. They gotta put some respect. If they don't put no respect on Quick name, man, Quick was the smoothest cat back in the day. I quick DJ Quick came out with that perm. I wouldn't care if he did have a 40 ounce of his hand out of the refrigerator in the video. He was smooth. Quick was the they don't respect they, they crazy as I don't know what, man. They had them them boy that 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 spice one. He was another one. Another one. They under underrated. Under they overlooked, overlooked, overlooked. MJG eight ball overlooked. It was Memphis overlooked. You mm-hmm. can put, it, but them jokers, their music was overlooked. Listen, just you want to hear it? To go right back to um, boys in the hood. Mm-hmm. When hear them boys go to boys in the hood, them boys put boy, them boys made boys in the hood soundtrack sound like made it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And a producer who I feel is underrated and definitely should get a lot more shine a lot more recognition hills from the 336 did work for reasonable doubt for jay-z camp low uptown saturday night talking about ski beats from greensboro oh. north carolina shout out to the I, I feel, bro i feel like you gotta uh uh make sure ain't no cameras in my <laughs> this thing been on camp low we i was just talking to somebody about Camp Low, like din, 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 din. yo, they was so good night. Camp Low in the back there, they they was hot. They was hot little little scarves on their neck and the little hat turned to the side, rapping. Them jokers was hot. Camp Low, wow, yeah, that's had that Uptown Saturday Night album, classic album, and we cannot underestimate the impact of Diddy wow. and how he took what he learned from the late Andre Harrell at Uptown, applied it to Bad Boy, made rap, pop, gave us 
the one of the greatest rappers of all time and the production staff at Daddy's House. Listen, Mario Winans, D Dot, Tony yeah, Dope, Harv Pierre, Easy Mo mm. B. The list goes on and on. All the talent that was at Mary Brown. Bruh, when you said, man, P. Diddy, Biggie Smalls, no, Christopher Wallace, rest in peace. Them, when I say, them, that Sean Combs made a way for a lot of people. Sean Combs, P. Diddy. If I'm not mistaken, when I hear what I heard P. Diddy doing it again. Yeah, what I heard P. Diddy is putting it, doing something again, trying to do it. He, you can't, you can't replicate what you did the first time. You, you can't. Them, the way them jokers was marching in the streets with the bad boys signs and that Remember that that fire that energy that energy from bad boy back in the that energy good night the street the influence the the man he could come out and do anything just you know what I mean and they go crazy <laughs> but that energy you can't replicate that energy you you cannot mm -hmm. but you could do it again mm -hmm. and you talk about remember the R and B cuts with the hip hop. Mary J. Blige and Biggie Smalls rapping to the, man, listen, Juice, man, just to have, just to have some type of excitement of Sean Combs doing, doing producing again, going to produce an album, going to produce some hotness, going to that is excitement enough for me because I, that's, music was music. Uh, music I love music, and if he does it again, brother, believe me, I'm gonna be first in line to buy the joint. Right, believe. yeah, because we take a look at hip hop at that time. You had Bad Boy, you had No Limit, you had Cash Money, Rough Riders, and you know, just recently we lost DMX, and how yeah, DMX he had that ability to be of the streets, but also mainstream. But he never lost touch with the man never. above. Never, never that, you know, you never know the, you never know how somebody's influenced by God. You never know how deep someone's spirituality or their connection is with God, because we're looking at him on the surface and you never, and, and your, and your connection with God and your relationship with, with God is personal. It ain't, you know, it ain't for everybody to know you have a, a real relationship with God, you know, let people judge you the way they want to judge you. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know that you can't even hear a prayer or a church song or a, a message without being caught or touched in some type of way. That man, DMX, was fighting what he, whatever he was fighting. And he knew, he know how to pray. He know, I believe us that know better if we're ever given that chance at the end to get it right, you can't tell me that we ain't going to take that opportunity to get it right, knowing we ain't going to get up off our back again. Mm -hmm. now, right. I, I, he, 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 he was spiritual. Man had some, you can hear always praying, always trying, always. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, he, he like knew, that, knew that word was ste Bro. steady praying. Like, praying I, without I, I, ceasing. Boy, without ceasing. I, I went through something like that. I went through something like that, substance abuse. I went through it. I had I I, I had lost I lost my great grandmother, right? This is same time Devontae asked me the same form. Um I had lost her and I didn't hear music for a while. And 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 when I say I lost her, I, I went to the store and I came back 20 minutes later, she was on her face dead. And the woman that raised me since I was two years old. You know what I'm saying? And cocaine was my friend because it made me forget. But then I found out once I, I was doing it, I found out I started liking it a little bit too much. You know what I'm saying? And I thank God that I was graced enough to put it down and walk away from it. Like anything that had an addiction on me, like cigarettes, all that, all that. When I say I just put it down, didn't have to go to rehab, didn't have to go to the counseling, didn't have to do nothing. I just made up my mind. This, uh, this thing that cannot, this thing, cigarette, cocaine, alcohol, I don't care what it is. It cannot smoke or drink or do itself. It needs you. So that means you're in control. And if you know that you're in control and that thing, it is just a it's just a, a distraction, then you know how to deal with it. I have seen cocaine and drugs addiction be a distraction for a lot of purposeful people. And what I mean is a lot of people have purpose in their life, but they're distracted by that thing that they chase. And you'll never fulfill your purpose. Never. I don't care who you are. You will never fulfill your purpose if you're chasing your distraction. You'll always be distracted. You understand? Like, and I'm a, and, 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 and like, and that, even at that time, I don't even know where I'm going. Even at that time, my, I remember I had money stolen from me. Like, my influence, my um, inheritance that was um, left to me. I don't really know who took it. I was some people, my family, whatever, um, at the time, and I'm glad they did. That probably would have OD too. But they, um, they stole, they took it from me, and um, and it, you know, at first, I was bitter about a lot of things. You know, I was, I was bitter, and I, you know, I, I, I read the word. I can, I can pull a message out of, <laughs> out of the Bible. For me to get, you know, uh, for, for me to feel better, and mm -hmm. and so I heard one day I was just sitting doing music, and I heard it wasn't bitter to make you bitter. I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't bitter to make you bitter? It's like it wasn't bitter to make you bitter. It was bitter to make you better. I'm like, and I understood exactly what that meant. It didn't. It it wasn't hard to make me evil or make me harder. It wasn't bitter to make me bitter. It wasn't bitter to make me evil, but it was, it tastes bitter to make me better. That's like castor oil. It don't taste good going down, but at the end of it, it makes you feel better. So my life, what I went through, it, it wasn't bitter to make me feel bitter about it or pity. It was bitter 
to make me better, honest to God. And, and, and I, that's the best way I can explain my life and what this journey is right now, Jarrell. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bitter to make me better. Everything I lost, everything I went through, every hard struggle, everything, it was not bitter to make me salty and make me angry and evil. It was bitter to make me better. It was bitter to make me know I can go through some things and survive it. I can come out of the other side clean. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like this, I'm not angry about anything I went through. Honest to God, I I, I embraced and I let go mm-hmm. of everything I went through. Mm-hmm. And when I say the music, when the music turned back on, Jarrell, I can't turn it off. I'm talking, I, the other day I slept, other week I slept from Thursday to Saturday. I laid down Thursday night, slept all Friday, got up, used the bathroom, get back in the bed and woke up Saturday. The music did not turn, it still ain't turned off, but I was working, working, working. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you got to go go through that fire. Once you go through that fire, you come out pure gold. Come out right. I, I'm not scared. of People say, aren't you nervous about making a record company and having it ran? Huh. No. I'm going to tell you what. In this short amount of time, look where I'm at. I'm talking to Jarrell Mason. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm 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 doing an interview. Now I have a, I have other things going on, but it why would it be that hard for Cooper? That's that's the only way I can explain it. Like it, it's not hard at all. I have engineers, singers, a band. I have interchangeable band. I have members of a band. I, I can interchange the band and we can, we don't have to be around each other for, for years, but come together, tell us what key you want. Watch us play together. It's, it's like that. I got singers. I have, I have a marketing team. I have uh, somebody that's helping me with my, my website, my music mentor, Derek the Great. Like Derek doesn't do R&B. You know, he's gospel and inspirational and dust stuff records and i i derek the great is invaluable to me he's when i say invaluable his advice his expertise in the business cannot be matched he knows what he's doing Mm-hmm. Yes, he knows his stuff. And you're speaking about a band, but I want to go to one band who I felt was underrated. And I oh. believe they play on the Uptown Unplug special and on the CD with Joe see Band out of Buffalo, New York, Joe Public. Man, yo, yeah. Yo, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Any band that played with Devontae Swing. Listen, live. You are a goon band. <laughs> you, there is, I, I, I can't understand. Like, we're, who are the people that makes, like, tells people who to like people and who not to like people? Like, I don't get it. Like, because 
Who are them people? I, I, I want to know. Like, I want to I know who they are. Because think about this. That band, I, I love Mint Condition. Mint Condition is like, woo-hoo-hoo. But that band, bruh, come on, bruh. Listen to me, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anybody that played with Devontae Swing, to me, you're a goon. Right. Yeah, and Devontae had an eye for talent because think about everybody that came out of the basement. Player, rest in peace, Static Major, Tweet, Missy, Timbaland, Genuine, Magoo. I mean, I know the basement stuff is probably flowing around somewhere and they'll probably go for a pretty penny if it gets out because I believe Genuine probably had an album made before he left the basement to go do Genuine The Bachelor. Yes. He, gen, man, back back then, genuine. I, I, I boy, I wish I wish I had a sign. <laughs> I wish I was signed back then. But he, listen to me, back then, that music was music. When genuine came out, with, is there any more room for me in them jeans, bruh, bruh, bruh? If if you just, this what I do to a lot of songs. I take the vocals out and I just listen to the instrumental. Bruh, that was a genius cut. Mm-hmm, because Timberland is one of the producers for me that makes me put a song on repeat. The others are Swiss Beats and the Neptunes. Because when I first heard The World Is So Cold of Genuine The Bachelor, that beat, I was like, what is this? Listen, the Neptunes, They, they own, listen, they own the oceans, bro. <laughs> That's all I got to say. The Neptunes is nothing to be played with. <laughs> the Neptunes put out some things. Man, man, as a producer, man, there's a there's some people that, man, the yeah. Neptunes, Timberland. Neptunes, Timberland. To think about how they're so seamlessly to go from hip-hop records, R&B records, pop records, and all that can be traced back to Teddy, because Teddy was the first to go from R&B to Teddy. pop. You, like you said it, Teddy. Everything, everything goes back to Teddy. Every, this new Jack, new member, new Jack Swing? You, you said new Jack Swing. Everything, everything after that has been, you can, you can root everything back to Teddy. You can root everything back to New Jack Swing. Some type of New Jack Swing, you can root it. Mm, it all, it all go, goes back to Teddy, because if you think about how R&B was before Teddy, how it was very adult, very smooth, Anita, Luther, Sade, Freddie Jackson. And then when Teddy came and the Make It Last Forever album dropped by Keith Sweat, it was an R&B game changer. It, it was a... It was a you had an 808 bass on there. You had the kick. You had the snare. Doom, got, doom, doom, got. I mean, it wasn't that smooth no more. It was a 808, and you was to a smooth song. You was, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, Keith Sweat, make it last forever. Mr. 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 Keith Sweat. Mr. Keith Sweat, but in one RB group that I felt should have been bigger, they're my favorite RB group along with New Edition. The five men out of Pasadena, rest in peace, Reggie Warren, talking about troop. Listen, 
I don't know how Troop isn't as big as isn't bigger than what they should have been. Uh, but they are. They should have been huge. I thought they was huge. To me, they was huge. Yeah, yeah. And Steve, of course, you know, Steve, all the songs Steve has written over the years and everything. Uh-huh. B2K Naked for Marcus Houston. You know, Troop, I felt dancing wise. Now, there's a difference between their style and New Edition. New Edition, of course, you know, Brooke, they come from that school of 60s, 70s male RB groups like the Dramatics, Whispers, Temps, Blue Magic. Troop combined the polishness of those groups with street-oriented dancing and was just as tight. Yeah, yeah, Troop was a goon. I I, I don't know. And listen, I I just hope I'm, I'm, honestly, I hope I'm one of the producers that people won't look over. Like, I, I hope I'm one that that will catch because there has been a lot of there's been a lot of music that should i mean a lot of groups that should be in a hall of fame for just one song one song i don't they have changed music Mm -hmm. because they didn't get big you had other people with their style troop style make Mm-hmm. And I want to give props to this one person who I had a chance to interview years ago, Mr. Maurice Starr. If it wasn't for Maurice Starr, no new edition. No new edition. No new kids. No matter what they say about it. No new kids. But think about what new kids did. How he was smart enough to say, hey, I'm going to take what worked for new edition, find five white kids, do the same thing, and- push them in the R&B market, and then influence pop because I interviewed Danny Wood from New Kids as well. And okay. He was telling me how they were R&B inspired all the way. New Edition influenced us. We're not copying New Edition. We're paying homage. So mm-hmm. once pop got a hold of them, it was weird for them because they felt like we wanted to be an R&B group all the way. So to be looked at and marketed as a pop act was totally weird. But if you think about their influence and New Edition's influence and how both those groups influenced generations of R&B and pop groups and all that uh-huh. from Marie Star and how New Kids Camp, it was predominantly African-American camp. Yeah, and listen, Marie Star, when, when I watched the movie, a New Edition movie documentary and all this, he had, if it wasn't for Maurice Star putting on them, them them talent shows and putting on the little, you know, the, the radio stations and do, this, we wouldn't, music, I can't imagine music without new edition. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I can't imagine. That's like imagining basketball without Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It just, it doesn't sound right. And Maurice Star made that happen. Right. He influenced with that. It, I don't care what anybody say about anybody. And listen, when you first starting out, your intentions are pure. Your intentions are pure. It's when you catch, then intentions turn. You right. know, and and when and when you get money, the Bible lets us know that the love of money is the root of all evil. We need money to survive, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And and when you begin and then when you catch money and when you catch and you get money 
them intentions start, them same morals and them same things start going out the window now because of money. Now, but when it first started, mm-hmm. pure as the driven snow. Right. And that's what music is. Mm-hmm. What is the profit of man to gain the world but lose his soul? Lose his soul. My wife said it doesn't matter. She said, baby, you better not, you better not, uh, you better not sign no contracts with Illuminati. <laughs> I started laughing at her. <laughs> I started laughing at her. I said, you really believe? She was like, baby, you don't even know how y'all about to catch. Mm-hmm. They missing y'all. They need y'all. They missing that. It was like the R&B music was given and then snatched. Right back. It was snatched. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I know, I know I'm, I'm in the right season. You know, some people, you got to know the seasons. I know I'm in the right season because if I wasn't season why is jojo and divine why is jojo and dalvin and a couple other r&b people pushing out new music right now like right now right in the studio right he just dropped and i uh jojo just dropped official and that's not a jodeci that's single Mm -hmm. you know what that means that means this is coming it's coming back again. Everything that we have experienced this world is round is repeating itself. And sometimes we repeat it because we didn't pass it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I believe this world is coming back around. It's coming back again for the male R&B, for the male group. I think it's coming back with this groove music. Come on, P. Mm-hmm. Diddy about coming back in, in, in the production, in production booth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's coming back again. This time, Cooper, Kevin Cooper and Cooper Family Music has to be in there. We have to find our own little piece and make it our own. Our own, Jarrell, I promise you our sound is different. It's, you got, you got our, you got our, um, you got our, um, my boy, you got our, um, our, our gospel sounds, but got our um, R&B sounds. We took all of that, we put it together. Mm-hmm. Now, and speaking of the projects, you got anything that we should be looking forward to or is everything still in the working process? Everything's still processed, but I have this one girl, my, my little cousin, Zane Brown. She's gonna be a goon. She's a goon. But when I say I have, it's because of the studio time, you know, what I've decided to do, <laughs> I, I hate, I, I, I never, I never, 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 I never like messing with the middleman. I never like messing with the middleman. The middleman right now is the studio. So what I've done is started building my own. I've, when I say started building my own, started building my own. I'm waiting for the booth to, I'm waiting for the booth to come in. And when the booth comes in, that's when I'm gonna be. Um, that's when everything will be um, perfect. I got like most of the. I have most of the software in. I have the speakers. I have the mics. I have, but I need the booth to come in. I ordered the like it's already made. You know, one of them that's already made is rolling. Comes. It's like a. You have a whole. It's like a room. <laughs> you put it in the corner. It's a booth. It costs like forty five hundred, but it's worth it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. We're definitely looking forward to all the projects that will be coming out. And you got an open spot anytime to come back. And do you have any shout you. you want to give before we wrap and also plug social media? Listen, our, the plug, you can go check us out on Instagram, Kev, Coop, Kev Cooper. You can check me out on a Facebook. That's Kevin Cooper Sr. Or, you know, you can check me out. It's uh, cooperfamilymusic.net. Um, hit three lines. Go check out our new, our new. Um, go check out our new artists, and then you got uh, just hit us up. Just Cooper Family Music. Uh, www.cooperfamilymusic.net. But then go look. Listen, be on the lookout. We're going to come out. I'm just trying to hold it. <laughs> We're going to come out with something. I got mad beats that we can just put out right now. I was going to do like. Remember how Herbie Hancock? Remember how Herbie Hancock um was came out with his video. It was just music. Then 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 rocket. I was gonna do something like that, and I'm still thinking about it. Okay, so definitely I'm looking forward to everything. Go to all those websites. You can catch this interview on audio and video form wherever you stream podcasts on my YouTube. Shout channel. out to Derek the Great. Com. Sorry. What up, Derek? And go to my Derek. YouTube channel youtube.com slash j5 and also beyond the album cover.wordpress.com that's where you can find this interview and the whole archives ladies and gentlemen give a big thank you to the one the only mr kev cooper kev thank you for coming on to beyond the album cover and you got a spot to come back anytime thank you brother thank you so much man not a problem yes sir